Welcome to That Comic Smell Podcast. With your hosts, David Robertson, Fernando Pons, Mike Sadakat, and Tom Stewart. Everything's as up to date as it can get. Okay. At this point, okay. I've been trying to send you updates whenever I think, right, that's a, I've got as far as I'm oh, going. You've, you've been very professional on that. Yeah. yeah. Just keep mm. us all down, down with dandies and dandies. Professional, yeah. So, I, I don't know. so I'm just do those two pages in the cover. And then you're yeah, Come on, Vince. Come on, Vince. You're coloring it. That's right. right okay. I'm coloring it. Uh, I'm 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 turning into less Vince Coletta now and more what's who would be somebody that takes fucking ages? Who? <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe. Go into someone that you know adds more to it. No, <laughs> adds more. Why don't you become <laughs> Rob Liefeld with the? <laughs> I, I'll let you actually quite a lot of stuff. You could add more detail if you want to. Don't, don't you worry, there may, there may be more detail, you never know. <laughs> He's going to draw cocks all over. <laughs> <laughs> that comic smell cock. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait a minute, this, this name seems to have changed slightly. <laughs> that cock smell cock. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell! Nando got the spelling wrong again. I'm gonna go get a drink. Be back in a minute. Right. I'm gonna go get a sip. amongst yourselves. I'm gonna just raid the kitchen for a wee moment. I'll be back in a moment. Okay. My God, just leaving. Okay. Well, don't buy. I'm going as well. Well, it was good till. We haven't even started. Like, oh, this is one of the worst. Have you have you been reading anything? Over the past couple of days, I meant to ask you. Just been essentially just going through the, you know, the few comics that you brought me. All right, <laughs> those books. <laughs> Tidying up, I'm kind of really, I'm looking at some of them and and reading some of them as well. Just just that I haven't had much time either because yeah. I had I've been busy. So yeah, I, yeah, I've been doing that. I saying that I've. Order the Eternals by Ooh. Jack Kirby, the complete Jack Kirby Eternals nice. from the post, and also uh, Alex Toth El Thorro. Oh, lovely! The, it was the last one available in Spanish in Amazon.co.uk, so uh. it's on its way. Either arrive tonight or tomorrow. Nice one. I like to play. So that, that, when I saw the price, I thought, oh, this is really good. Yeah. It was just about about £12. 
Hall, Oof. El Zorro. And I thought, it's a really good price. And it was the last one. I thought, no, I need to get this. I can't just leave it. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, bam. totally. Good. On the basket. That's good. So! <laughs> you stole your line. <laughs> I'm a bastard. <laughs> you bastard. So! <laughs> Bastardo. <laughs> El bastardo. El bastardo. <laughs> whenever, whenever anybody says bastards, it just makes me think of uh, um, the young ones. Instantaneous. Oh, right yeah, instantaneous. You bastard. <laughs> so, good. so, comic characters that have changed. Who are you I again? That was... <laughs> That's what I was going with. I was going with. Who's that? Or who are you again? What's your name? <laughs> Who's that? Who's that? Who's that? So, Mike, are you going to start? Because that was your topic. So, yeah, it's only sure. If you start. There's, there are four characters that I'll talk about, and there's three honorable mentions. So, I'll get the honorable mentions first. And I'll, I'll, okay. be, I'll be fairly quick. Come on, eh? That's what it's Come four on, minutes eh? past eight. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when, I, when I came up with the idea, I had the idea for characters that it's not so much uh, small changes or changes in their profession or changes in their just general look. It was actual big changes that seemed to have been like accidental and, and maybe have been maintained. So I'll just grab my... Oil. Ah, here he goes. Already he's throwing a loophole in. Fucking hell. <laughs> Wasn't even big changes. Ah, there we go. This is how we get the list up to about 100. There we go. Nah, I've not, I've not got that many. Oh, no. Only 99. Oh. <laughs> but seeing as, seeing as it, was, um, it was that day I was thinking about Drax the Destroyer. Yeah. For some reason, I keep on spelling it with two X's, but I think that's wrong. But anyway... <laughs> That's a different kind of Drax right there. <laughs> um, I have I have a few comics with Drax in it, and if you're familiar with his general appearance, he's he's very muscular but quite slender to begin with. <clears throat> he has a purple cape, purple cap, purple outfit to match to sort of. Uh, correspond with his Hulk-like green skin and when you first see him, he's quite quick-witted he can speak long sentences got no problem pronouncing large words he's very intelligent he started off as a human and he was supposedly, this human was killed by Thanos who was on Earth at the time and thought that the human family had seen him and he killed Arthur Douglas and the whole Douglas family. Arthur Douglas was resurrected by Kronos, Thanos's grandfather, as a weapon against Thanos, who had become too dangerous. And he became Drax the Destroyer. And unknown to Drax most, for most of the time, his daughter Heather became Moondragon. And the two have fought. And Moondragon's confrontations have usually been fatal to Drax the Destroyer. 
uh, even to the point where he dies or gets his memory wiped. And when he's been resurrected, he was completely different. So rather than the slender warrior who was quite intelligent, he transformed into a bulking hulk of a man who had the mind of a child. He no, did he start in uh, Warlock, Jim Starlin? Is that right? Uh, well, in a way, but his very first appearance was on Iron Man. Oh, yes. Okay. It's the, the story that is, I think it's two annuals, an Iron Man annual and an Avengers annual. And it's yeah. a story with and Thanos. Captain Marvel. Invincible, yeah. Invincible Iron Man number 55, apparently. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've got with me, this is several years later... This is the Infinity Gauntlet. There's a lot of heroes have gone after Thanos who has this gauntlet, including Drax. And there's a scene at the end where they're all having to fight Thanos and his daughter Nebula. There's three heroes, uh, Star Fox, um, the second Thor, and Drax, and the Hulk. Uh, well, four heroes. And they're against the two villains. But Drax, whose mind is so far gone, mistakes the Hulk, and this is the Banner Hulk, this is the one who's very intelligent, mistakes him for one of the ally, for one of the enemies, despite having fought with them. And the Hulk, the Hulk shouts out, you idiot, I'm on your side. And, the, and he wrestles, and had Drax not grabbed the Hulk, the Hulk could have freed everyone from the Infinity Gauntlet's uh, cursed spell. But, um, oh, come on, Drax, eh? Yeah, well... Pay attention. You, you, guys, you guys probably know Drax more from uh, the film. No. And the, ah, okay, good. Well, the film version is, uh, is like a different incarnation altogether. He's got a different design, but the mind is still like a, a child. He's, got, he's an expert with knives now instead of blasting lasers from his hands. And he's also one of the funniest guys in the film, which I, I really thought was pretty well done most of the time. But it's a change that works. So these these kind of stay, these changes. I have to say that that Drax from the films, at least uh, the look of it is closer or is inspired in the Dab Annet uh, Drax that he used in his Guardians of the Galaxy and, and before that on the, I think it's Annihilation, which is a saga that Marvel did about different cosmic characters mm-hmm. uh, a few, few years ago. And the, the one from the film is based on, on that. So, yeah. I don't, I don't see them bringing back the super intelligent Drax. I think he kind of yeah. works. He's really funny in the movie, and I think <clears> you want to keep that going. So Drax is, one of the, Drax is one of the main characters I was talking about, but the three uh, honourable mentions, I'll get them done. Garfield. Believe it or not, when Garfield first started, Garfield the cat, he basically sat there, said, eat me, feed me, and his design was completely different. Uh, Now he's a little bit more, a little bit more complicated, but I say that's an honourable mention, so you can take it as you like. I'll put him aside. Another honourable mention, I'll say, is Venom. Because Venom started out, uh, the, the uh, Todd McFarlane Venom started out as an, all right, as an outright villain. And he was very cunning, very sly. 
And a few years after, because probably because of his popularity, he became uh, an anti-hero. And then even to the point where he was transformed into the anti-venom, which instead of having a black symbiote, it was sort of like a white symbiote. And then I think he's become more traditional venom once again, but is still more of a sort of hero. But it's uh, nowhere near as big a change as Drax the Destroyer. And my third... uh, my third honourable mention was from the Batman animated universe. And although I don't know too much about this character, I do know that she has changed quite a bit. And it was uh, Harley Quinn. Uh, Origins from the cartoon series, but they brought her into the comics as a villain. And then again, she became uh, an anti-hero, a bit like... um, a bit more of a change than what Deadshot had, but it got to the point where they've decided to have more than one Harley Quinn. But as I say, I don't know entirely that much about her, so that's why she's restricted to an honourable mention. But one of the one of the Batman characters I do know about, uh, believe it or not, that is Catwoman. That's what Catwoman originally yeah. looked like. Oh. She was basically um, a lady who wore a mask that looked like a cat's head. And she wore a dress and a cape and gloves with claws sticking out of them. And she was an outright villain. Only interested in stealing. Here, here she's even got her own, her own gang. Ooh. She's completely, completely different to what a lot of people would think of as cat women. She was uh, evil. She would use her um, her uh, attractiveness to try and get off the hook with Batman, but basically she would try and kill him as as <clears throat> if she could. And she'd certainly slay the boy Wonder if she got her hands on him. So she was like completely and utterly villainous. However, in later <laughs> years, you've got you've got this version. <laughs> Exactly. This is uh, this is more sort of based on uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's uh, style. But this, see this comic. It's uh, Batman Presents, and it was released when uh, Batman Returns was on. And uh, Catwoman, and Catwoman's completely different again. Changed. Here she's got her cape. And her costume <clears throat> completely different from before. And instead of like a cat's head, she's got like a <coughs> Batman style mask. But the big difference is, is that she's not she's not a she's not an outright villain. She's actually helping Batman a lot of the time. And now because, she's um, and now she's bloody getting married to him and everything, eh? So loads of, loads of incarnations. She's had kids with Batman in some incarnations. She's married and uh, even in the the Nolan trilogy, she ended up spending. Uh, I think she went out with uh, Bruce Wayne at the end of the Dark Knight Rises. Yep. So that's another character that's had quite a quite a bit of a bit of a change. Cat- Catwoman's so, also got that different outfit that she wears in Long Halloween and Year One, if I remember rightly. Same same outfit, the purple one with the big massive ears. Yeah. Um, well, she's got she's got lots of different outfits. Yeah. 
So if you look at the the uh, image searches on some of the DC characters that have changed over the years, and a lot of those characters are quite old. They've got loads of different versions, and Batman <clears> is <throat> one of the ones that has so many different versions. That's the uh, the Long Halloween and the um, the Year One uh, Catwoman are the exact same, though, aren't they? It's the shaved head criminal that lives in the slums or whatever, aren't you? Um, I know of the year one villains. So I've I've read that, but I've never read Long Halloween. Believe it or not. Yeah, I think I think <gasps> I think if I remember rightly. Oh, you need to, Mike. That's a good one. That's a good one. I've seen bits of it. I, I will have to that's read your, it. Uh, that's Same your... art as the um. It's one of the other books I've got. <clears throat> What's that? Uh it's over on the shelf. I'll have a wee look later. It's the same sort of artwork as uh, as Long Halloween. Tim Sale. Mm. Uh, another the when you were on about Venom as well. Venom's Venom's had a lot of different <clears throat> iterations, even down to being clad in like a like a SWAT outfit, uh, mm. like wearing a balaclava and everything, um, having sort of Venom-like powers, but mainly being decked out with guns and everything mm. like that as well. So that's quite a change, and that series yeah. actually ran for quite a while as well. I'm 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 sticking with Eddie Brock though, because uh, I know that I think Flash that is Thompson, it. I think that is yeah, Eddie Brock. Flash, if I remember rightly. Flash Thompson became a heroic Venom, and Matt Gargan became a Venom. Yeah. And, yeah. Flash Thompson is the one that Tom says because he ended up being. Um, oh, is it Flash that ends up being at, the SWAT one? If Flash, yeah. it's a war. It's an ex a veteran soldier has lost his legs, uh-huh. and the symbiote. Essentially, create the legs for him. So, right. Yeah, if I'm, I think I think that's the the one that you're mentioning. Tom. Right. Okay. Okay. But there's been several incarnations. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cool. Ah, uh, well, I've got I've got two more characters, and I'll skim through them because I know David <coughs> is possibly going to be reading up on some of these. I've got a handful of Dragon Ball books. Um, I need to list down which ones I've got. So. Uh, I'll, I'll just have to see, because uh, there might be some I'll be able to let David have a read at, but I don't have them from start to finish. So, But this is uh, this is the very last book from Dragon Ball Z, and it's num- volume 26. And on it, there's a villain called Majin Buu, who Akira Toriyama created to be unlike any other villain. And he based them kind of on a genie from uh, uh, Thousand and One Nights. Uh, see if I can get a. Because Majin Buu has got a lot of different incarnations as well. When he starts out, he's actually. Uh, let's see, here we go. When we first see him, he's quite large and has a, a sort of childlike personality as well. Then he becomes. Uh, they separate that from uh, from the being in there. So you get a, a, a child kid boo who's really sort of frightening. He swallows up other characters and he changes. <clears throat> Both versions are considered villains till the uh, until near the end of the saga. And then I'm not want to spoil anything, but when when Majin Buu is beaten, killed. Goku asks the dragon god to reincarnate his soul. So he's brought back as a kid 
called Oob. Now, at this point, there's actually two versions of the character around because the large original Buist is allowed to survive because he becomes a, a good character. And Oob is completely different <clears throat> from his original self and has become a, a hero, a noble hero. And he's uh, in the body of a human now, but he has extremely good martial arts skills uh, inherited from his previous incarnation. So I hope I, uh, I know I've probably spoiled a fair bit for you guys, but uh, for any of you that are uh, reading it. But um, my final character I'll mention is, uh, is one of my favorite characters from, from Dragon Ball, and that's the, uh, uh, the Demon King Piccolo. Um, a character who I often have on my various t-shirts. But the uh, when Piccolo first started, he was, was he was very much like Kami, except the evil version. <coughs> Pure evil. Kami was, Piccolo was one person, one being, and his good side and his evil side separated from each other to create two different individuals, one pure evil and one pure good. The evil one kept the name Piccolo and the good one became Kami. And when the evil Piccolo managed to get his youth, he fought Goku and it was a, it was a brilliant, brilliantly drawn, brilliantly animated fight. But in the end, of course, there was to be one victor. But before Demon King Piccolo died, he reincarnated himself within his body and spat out an egg. And that egg... That egg became the piccolo that most of us know of. So that's my uh, that's my characters which I've brought up. <clears throat> I don't think I spent too much time going on about them. No, not at all. You're not right. so bad. You, well done, you bastards! <laughs> I had forty-six more to talk about. The pressure you lot put me under. Um, I actually came up with two. Um. Technically, it was very hard to even come up with two. <laughs> found found it quite yeah. difficult. Um, okay, well, actually, no, I've got three. I'm lying. I've got three. Um, You've got four. No, no, just three. Just three. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. I could Go throw. On. I could throw a fourth one in when I think about it. But... Go on then. Make uh, it five. Right. Okay. The first one. Uh, most of the character roster from Love and Rockets. Because. They've all grown as the series has moved on and kept going. So if you're going with that, from the very, very start, each one of them has aged up, moved on, there's been children involved, there's deaths, there's everything, you know what I mean? So each one of them yeah. has completely changed, changed their looks, everything. Although, really, technically, the style or anything hasn't really changed of the, the comic at all. They've kept, you know, they've kept their style pretty much solid and the same throughout. But the characters have all grown and evolved and, and shaped and changed. Um, so that was one of the first ones I thought of. Um, and also, not Dennis the Menace, but Dennis's dad. Uh, I had I looked at a, a comic earlier on this week. Oh, there he is. <laughs> <laughs> the, although the style for Dennis has changed over the years, I think the Beano on a whole has kind of changed style-wise style, uh, style -wise over the years um, but Dennis's dad in particular uh, we're all familiar with the kind of baldy guy with the wee kind of colonel moustache and 
you know, giving him a slipper or whatever, or chasing him about. <laughs> um, that was that was a, a, an issue that I saw from like nineteen eighty nine or something like that. Uh, it was that kind of dad. But now, Dennis's dad has like a full head of hair, no facial hair. He wears like rugby jumpers and all this kind of stuff. He just he looks very sort of modern. <laughs> But like postman Pat when he got an ear ring. <laughs> but you're laughing there, Mike. But uh, the Bino actually revealed that he has changed because Dennis Menace's dad is actually 1980s Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> so now, so now, so now, Dennis is the dad. Which what? yeah, which. <laughs> <laughs> which to be honest that kind of makes sense to be fair <laughs> at least it's not like uh, love it. absolutely love it at least it's not like the Simpsons where they just keep moving uh, Marge, how Marge and Homer met every time you know it just changes every two seconds didn't have a special episode where Lisa Simpson revealed that they'd been given she'd been given anti growth drugs for the past two decades. Oh Jesus. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it's like all conspiracy. It's all conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> um it was actually it was actually Nigel Octor Looney who put out uh, a tweet in like two thousand fifteen of panels that were in the Beano and it's a picture of Dennis speaking to his dad saying this boy and he says oh that's me and he's like yeah what happened to you look you used to look awesome and it's like it's like two Dennis's like when you look at him you go oh yeah that would be Dennis grown up like 100% the other one I had was Banana Man oh yeah because Banana, uh, Banana Man used to have you know the red gloves and everything and looked a wee bit odd and then he ended up going to like the yellow and everything uh, it kind of changed. Do you know what? A lot of them, I, I could, I could have just went through the whole of like the Bino and Dandy roster because yeah, loads of them. Desperate changed. Dan, uh, yeah, Desperate Dan changed as a lot. Yeah, Tricky Dicky from the Topper. You know, have you ever seen Tricky Dicky? He moved to the Bino and he looks completely different from what he did in the Topper. Yeah, but there was, uh, there's loads of them, loads of them from that sort of thing. But they, they were sort of the big ones. And uh, the only other one that I could really kind of come out with would have been uh, maybe Jason Todd. Robin. Ah, yeah. yeah. That, pure... that is... But that's story as opposed to actual, like, you know, actual character change really is that, you know, he died and then got brought back and changed it to Red Hood and all that kind of shit, you know. So he goes from... <clears throat> Goes from Robin to Red Hood and stuff like that. But even then, that's all kind of changed over the years and stuff as well. So, yeah, there you go. That was mine. That was my picks. I did eventually end up coming up with them at last minute. <laughs> I couldn't think of any over the past couple of days at all. And then we're about five minutes from coming on. I thought, okay, those <laughs> ones. <laughs> I'm funny. I was, I was kind of the opposite because I thought, you know, characters that have changed. And I thought, you know. All of them, isn't it? It's any of them. Especially yeah. these properties that have been going for decades and decades. Mm-hmm. So you can just pick any. Yeah. They've been through so many changes. It's true. Um, so, but I just settled on one. 
I thought I would go for Dan Dare Ooh, of oh, the yeah. Eagle. Yeah. And uh, I've just got a few examples. Dan Dare for me started when the, the, they were doing the Eagle in the 1980s. And I was just lucky to see it in the newsagents. A new comic, and it had a space spinner, same as 2000 AD did. And it had those great, and it had a great middle uh, gate, uh, not gatefold. That's us talking about LPs and that all the time. <laughs> not, not gatefold, like the middle spread was the, at first it was Jerry Embleton that was drawing it. Return of the Mekon. Wow! Really, really nice, really nice artwork. There's a, there's always a, a a big demand for them to reprint all these Dan Dare '80s comics, but the problem is they're, they're in a gatefold, and a, a lot of the time the action goes right across the two pages, ah. and then you've got the third page. So when you've got a series like that, try try putting that in a book. You know, that's kind of a bit tricky. And um, But then before that, of course, you'll know Dan Dare started in the 50s with the Eagle. And um, they've collected a lot of those into these nice books, the Titan Books collections. This one's Volume 1, Voyage to Venus, Part 1. These are really nice. You know, the, the artwork of Dan Dare. You can see him here, he's like a soldier. You know, he's like a he's a fifties uh, gentleman, you know. He's from Manchester. <laughs> funnily, funnily enough. I think he's from Manchester in the future, which is like nineteen ninety two, I think. I should have checked that before I started talking about it, but I'm sure it was the nineties Dan Dare was set in. The stories were set in the late nineties. There you go, the late 90s. Mm-hmm. So they're excellent. Um, and they've come out in the last 10, 15 years, these collections. But at that time, I was lucky to get this little uh, novelization of Dan Dare. So it's like they've turned the story into an actual book to read with selections of art from the comics put in. Ah, so that was a great wee book to get then. I like that. Like yeah, a... nice. Well. And there, look, I always like to show you guys this. The felt oh. pens were out. Bit of colouring was done <laughs> on the treen. The green felt tip pen got to work there. The mech on. The mech on. And this was a. Um, this was a good one back then, early eighties. At the same time, I was getting the Eagle Weekly got this book in John Menzies for a birthday present. And it was, uh, this is a collection of 1950s, 1960s Dan Dare. But what it is, I didn't know until later, but what it is is every Eagle Annual every year had a new one-off Dan Dare story in it. Maybe six, eight pages, something like that. And it's So it's a collection of them. And, you know, this is, this is a great... So really, my Dan Dare was... Um, the 80s stuff by Jerry Embleton uh, and Ian Kennedy later on and then also the stuff in this book this was the comics I loved Right. the collections from the the Eagle annuals of the of the 50s and 60s 
just terrific. And that was that's a nice soft cover book. One ninety nine. Hmm. Wow. What a bargain. Yeah. That was a lot more money back then. You know, in the change of the character, that was the original Dan. Then we had 2000 AD. Dan Dare was in 2000 AD when it started. And that character was Dan having been frozen. And then he was he, he was uh, brought back to life. And now he was a tougher character in this rougher future of 2000 AD. Uh, and we've got an example of that here. Uh, from the two, that verse, 2000 AD version of Dan Dare, and then they did a Dan Dare annual, 1979. And this one is, is really nice because it's Ian Kennedy doing that version of Dan Dare. And that was before he did his own version a few years later uh-huh. from the New Eagle. Um, I actually hadn't didn't have this annual when I was a kid. Uh, I sought it out after... I visited Ian and he was and I said, Have you got any Dan Dare artwork? And he said, Yeah, and he brought it out and it was this stuff I'd never seen. And I went, What is this? This isn't the, the Dan Dare you did, you know? And he said, Oh, I can't remember. You know, it's uh, maybe so I went and looked into it and yeah, it's the two thousand AD. Usually it was Dave Gibbons doing it in the weekly two thousand AD. But I've got Ian to paint a version there. And uh yeah, here's a here's an example of the Ian Kennedy Dan Dare. Oh, lovely! From 1982. That's a great cover where he's shooting the meek on. I love that one. And then he was always doing the inside, the inside spreads. You know, all painted. Yeah. I don't know if you can make it out. the The story kind of goes right across the two pages again. Yeah, across. you've 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 got you've got good clarity there, mate. Yeah, yeah. So you, you you understand the problem with collecting that into a book. Yeah. You'd have those two, then one, and then you've got another spread. So what are you putting on this page here? You know, the book would be a mess. Yeah. So that's... um. <clears throat> then that went along, and then they had this merger with Eagle and Tiger. <laughs> and uh, Dandere was still in that. But for this story, it wasn't Ian doing this one. It was, uh, I forget who it was, but um, Ian came and went on the Eagle down there in the 80s. Oh, and I should mention, talking of the character changes, um, when when it was the new Eagle, Dan Dare, he was the great-grandson of the original Dan Dare. All right. Hmm. So, he was, so it was called Dan Dare, but he was a different character hmm. called Dan Dare. And he's really... The dandere I grew up on, the great grandson. It's kind of like mm-hmm. Dennis the Menace. <laughs> kind of, yeah, similar. Uh, and then at a certain point, with Eagle, at eighties into the nineties, they they gave up on the great grandson idea, and they started doing new stories of the original guy again. Huh. Um, and this was a dandere annual, nineteen ninety one. They didn't have Ian on this all the time, but Ian did some of them. Uh, you know, it's all—it's always quite nice work on the Dan Dare painted stuff. I must say, the British comics were way ahead of the American ones for the colour. By decades, fully painted comics, beautiful stuff. And then we get into 
at the same time as like 90-91 Eagle was doing that we got Revolver Revolver comic Ryan Hughes Ryan Hughes and that had Dan there in it another version of (laughs) Dan being older now oh it's great yeah great artwork and um, Grant Morrison wrote it so it's kind of it's kind of this miserable future, you know, where everybody's... Oh, it's Gore, Graham Morrison, yeah. and just write Alan Moore, and then that... that <laughs> it's right. Morrison, Do that mental trick on yourself. It's right. It's right. So it's, so it's a more dystopian uh, version. Uh, but they're playing with the... Fa- I think Grant Morrison hated Dan Dare. There was kind of a class thing where... Um, the Eagle was quite an expensive comic when it came out, I believe, in the 50s. So that was a more expensive comic for more working class kids to get. So I think there's a resentment towards the Dandere. And the Eagle was always very nice. You know, it was about, um, you know, morals and uh, Christian values and all that. That's what it was all about. So if you grew up with that, maybe you maybe if you were a punk and you were a bit naughty, you know, like Grant Morrison was more a rebel, he's going to go against Dan Dare, you know. Uh, and so th- this story is kind of, everything's so horrible that they kind of show that Dan Dare's ideas of idealism and all that, it's all outdated and it's all rubbish. You know, Dan Dare sort of come, gets his comeuppance in this. The government's already in league with Amicon and everything, you know, so... So Dan's a party, you know. Um, but regardless of what you think about that storyline, it looks great. You know, the Ryan Hughes version of Dan Dare is brilliant. For that, it, it's terrific. Uh, then they did one, um, Gary Erskine. Um, Gary mm. Erskine, that's right, yeah. That's Virgin Comics. Virgin Comics, that's right, yeah. And this was about 2008 or so, 2007, in fact. And again, it's got some of the same. Dan's a bit older now. He's he's walking around. He's kind of the forgotten hero. Uh, all, all of these comics kind of are like sequels to the original Dan Dare that all ignore each other's storylines haven't happened. It's like every time they pick it up, they're going to do their follow-up to Dan Dare, you know? So every time it's a different company, different creators, because uh, I think there's a Dandere Corporation, something like that, that holds on to Dandere and then licenses it out to whoever's doing it. So there he is. He's still Dandere, drawn by Gary Erskine. He's still got his eyebrows. <laughs> the funky eyebrows are always the clue for Dandere. And the great-grandson inherited those eyebrows as well. Um... And what uh, what else have I got? I've got I've got here a, a magazine, comic magazine, Spaceship Away. And this is a very glossy, well produced magazine, kind of a, like a fan magazine for the Dan Dare and the Eagle. And they do new stories, very much fan stories, set during the times of the fifties and sixties. Dan Dare. Um, very much following that style, and I very, very selfishly, I, I deliberately picked this issue of it 
because I had an article in it and it was all about how I met Ian Kennedy and uh, interviewed him and then ended up commissioning him to do this painting. Uh, he, he, he did a painting of Dan there for me based on that cover of Dan shooting the meek on. It's behind you. Yes, it is. It's on the wall. Mm-hmm. So that's a that's a good one for me. That's got a special place. That spaceship away issue there. That's from 2011 now. And then I've just got a couple of nice books here. This one from the 80s is called The Man Who Drew Tomorrow. And this is all about Frank Hampson, who made up Dan Dare and drew him. And it's a great story about his life and about how they made the comic and and about how really he wasn't compensated the way you would hope he would have been because he created Dan Dare and everything. He was quite bitter about it in the end. Um, common story for comics, as you know. Yep. And then, and then there was a, uh, another one, Dan Dare, the biography. And to look at that, Dan Dare, the biography, you kind of think it's a fictional <sighs> story, a biography of him, but it's not. It's another book that's all about them making the comic. Lots of good illustrations. <laughs> Photos from the studios, different artwork. Did did a lot of photo reference and things like that for drawing the characters. So that's another that's a nice read as well. And uh, so that's that's Dan Dare. I don't know where he's at just now, Dan Dare. I don't know if there's a Dan Dare coming out. I know Spaceship Away still comes out. There's uh, there was like a radio play that was on it. That... Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah for uh, I want to say was. Uh... There was a CGI TV series a while yeah, back. That's right, with the Elton John theme tune, eh? I only saw bits of it. I never saw the theme tune, I'm afraid. Oh, you missed Elton John. Mm. I remember Dan punched the meek on on that. Well, I thought you were going to say Dan punched Elton John. No, no such luck, I'm afraid. <laughs> BBC Radio 4 Extra began airing the B7 Media Adaption episodes in August 2018. Oh, yeah. The B7 Media Adaptions were made in September. Oh, no, were made in 2015. John Freeman was a creative consultant on it. Yeah. Uh, there was loads of other... I've seen John talking about it on Facebook. Yeah. It was radio show. audio drama series from the Dandare Corporation. There you go. Standard operation, that's it. Yeah. You know, I've got this other one I should just quickly mention. This was a 1974 annual. Bit of an oddity at the time. An edited collection of of the earlier 50s stories. Quite a nice little volume, though. Yay! <laughs> You've done it! I like Dandere, though. He's good. Good. Bring back Dandere. Yeah, you know, I didn't know Dan there until you introduced introduced it to me, uh, David. There was some volumes that you managed to get. There was the classic ones from the 1950, and I was gobsmacked with the quality of Mm -hmm. the artwork in those comics at that time, from that time, and the coloring, etc. And 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 to know that there was a lot of love from the creators and 
because they wanted to do it that way. They, they, they could have done it cheaper, they could have done it quicker, but they didn't want to do that. They wanted mm. to do it right. Uh, and that is, is, uh, is something very noble and certainly something to consider. And yeah, I enjoyed those very much. And yeah. But I was not aware of that there in Spain. I, I didn't, I never knew it. I, I only knew it when, when I came here to, to the UK. Mm. But yeah, that was very good. It's an excellent British comic. Yeah, I think. definitely is. Definitely is. Right, I got one, two, three, four. Because one of them has been mentioned already. Drugs. That was mentioned by Mike. So my son actually mentioned one to me earlier on. One of the characters has changed during the years. And um, I agree with him. And it was Robin. So we had Mm -hmm. Dick Grayson. And then we had Jason Todd, which Mark quite well pointed out that it was very different personality in the way that he behaved with Batman. Not so much in the appearance, the uniform was the same and the look of the character was practically the same, essentially. But his personality was the really big change from Dick Grayson. Then we had Tim Drake. And we also had a girl. Uh, and also in the in the standard DC universe there was a girl as well I believe so there has been and also we had Damien of Batman so there have been several incarnations of uh, this character and and during all these years and so I thought that was an interesting one to um, to consider as a character that has changed uh, in one way or another. Another one was Iron Man. Mm. Um, not so much the guy itself. I mean, they had, yes, we had Tony Stark has worn the armor, but also Rodney, he, he, Rodney, he wore the armor too. I remember those comics. Uh, I think it was uh, Luke McDonald that he did the art. Um, I remember correctly. That was the first time, and, and I remember in Secret Wars, he was the Iron Man in Secret Wars. Secret Wars. <laughs> yeah, <coughs> he was the in the original Secret Wars. He was the Iron Man there. Um, so yeah, Iron Man. We look into the original first armor, and then uh, when we see the, the Avengers and then through the Iron Man comics, the, the, there's an evolution certainly in the technology and the and the look of the armor and and the rod uh, the, the the red and the yellow colors are predominant and there has kind of been the colors for Iron Man, uh, but there has been lots of changes in, in the armor during the years. It has become part of a, a gimmick for the collection in a way. The many armors of Iron Man. Um, I remember my first Iron Man comic was from the 80s and it was uh, Bob Layton, Michelini and Joromita Jr. And it was the cover of the, uh, yeah, that's one of them. It was the cover of the black uh, iron armor. Um, it was like the spy armor that he used. And I love that comic. 
was uh, Iron Man number eight comics forum Spanish edition. That was my very first Iron Man comic. So I remember that very much. But it has changed during many years. And I mean, even to the point of going into nanotechnology and when Warren Ellis and Adri, uh, Adri Granoff uh, did the Extremis, the Iron Man series. And it's kind of where the film uh, and the first film inspired, go, go inspired with the look of it. And then they're taking notes from there. But yeah, Iron Man, the armor has changed. The person there has changed. I thought that was one of those characters that has changed during the years. I also have Nick Fury. <laughs> My Nick Fury is the old guy with a cigar. It's white, has the the gray hair, kind of like I'm growing now myself on this side. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was my Nick Fury, you know, the veteran from the war. He became a spy and director of S.H.I.E.L.D. and everything, you know, and kind of grumpy, come on, you gotta do it, and, and very kind of all style character. But I like that grumpiness, I like that kind of thing. Uh, so, yeah, I like that Nick Fury. And then um, Mark Miller and Brian. Uh, Hitch, they did the Ultimates. And in the Ultimates, in the Ultimate line, where it's kind of, at that time, was a alternative universe, a different universe from the Marvel Universe, although published by, by Marvel, they created the Ultimates, which was the Avengers, and they decided that Nick Fury was going to be a black guy. And the look of it is based on Samuel L. Jackson. And that was before Samuel L. Jackson was cast for the films. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, <laughs> so that was an interesting one. And then in the standard Marvel universe, they changed it and they decided that the old Nick Fury had a son uh, with a black woman, and you know, and it became that's now Nick Fury in the Marvel universe is black as well. So mm-hmm. they've done several versions and iterations of it. So that's a, a character. Um, I'm waiting to see if they're going to do a Nick Fury that's a woman at some point. <laughs> Nicola, Nicola Furia. <laughs> Just make a, an alternative version of it. That would be, you know, an inter- interesting twist. So, yeah. And the last, but not the least, I have my list here is Captain Marvel. Oh, yeah. About the Captain Marvel from Marvel. No, the original Captain Marvel that now is known as Shazam. <laughs> that was the first one, actually. Completely different characters, different publishers. But Captain Marvel for Marvel, to me, that was the key officer that ended up in Earth uh, and kind of protecting the Earth from any invaders. And also, he got into trouble with his own superiors and with the Kree. Um, and he, he was. Well, he did many stories in Marvel and he appeared in many comics in the Avengers and he had his own series as well. Uh, Jim Starlin did a good run on that um, just before he did Warlock, if I remember correctly. He also did a graphic novel and yeah. Uh, so yeah, Captain Marvel and then uh, till sadly he died. One of the comics I 
still, I read it now again. I've read it many times, but I read The Death of Capitan Marvel and it always made me cry. It's just, it's, it's, there's raw emotion there for me. Um, and then in the 80s, we got Monica Rambeau and she was Capitan Marvel. And Capitan Marvel 2. And we got a black woman being Capitan Marvel in the 80s, ladies and gentlemen. In the 80s, nearly 40 years ago, we got a black woman being Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. And I kind of think that's, you know, it's been kind of forgotten in a way. <laughs> you know, especially when they brought the, the new film. Oh, you know, it's a woman, it's Captain Marvel. With the new in- incarnation, Carol Danvers. And I say, well, yeah, but in the 80s, we had a woman and she was black, you know. And so yeah, Monica Rambeau in the eighties, and then Carol Danvers. Eventually, she was she became Miss Marvel, then Binary, the X Men comics, Paul Smith doing the art, and those X Men comics that was really good, and Warbird and other names, and eventually became again Captain Marvel. Which is the one that they use for the films. Yep. But yeah, um, I always liked Monica Rambeau. That was when I started reading Marvel comics. The original Captain Marvel was already dead, so I never read those comics at the time. And the first Captain Marvel that I read was Monica Rambeau. Yeah, in the. I think it was an annual uh, in a Spider-Man that was drawn by um, uh, John Romita Jr. and his dad, John Romita Sr. They were doing both of the art, and that was the, I think that was the first story, the origin story of Monica Rambeau. Um, and I believe she was a, a Coast Guard or police Coast Guard or something like that, officer, if I remember correctly. And... There was an accident and she acquired the powers, which they were based on light and the radiation of light. And and yeah, that was my first Captain Marvel, actually. Although it was the Captain Marvel too, but that was... I remember her and she joined the Avengers. And, hmm. and I remember all those stories. But yeah. Yeah, it was... Uh, <clears throat> I always liked um, Carl Danvers as uh, Ms. Marvel, to be honest. I think it was... Um, I think it was New Avengers. I think it's only New Avengers I really that I first ever saw her in. I said, oh, so that's much later, yeah. It's two thousands. It's two thousands, definitely. Yeah. I, I did because you remember it. I was more. I was always more of a DC person. So coming on to Marvel stuff, I came on late in the game. I just always liked her. I liked the costume. I thought the character was really good. Um, and then all of a sudden, she was Captain Marvel, and I just lost interest. <laughs> Sounds awful, but I just lost interest as soon as she became Captain Marvel. I was like, "Oh, I don't care." I like it was in a it was in a Spider Man in a modern Spider Man comic was the Avenging Spider Man. Right, right, right. Which is written. It was written by uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick, if I yeah. remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. And that was the first time <coughs> he is called Captain Marvel. Right. Because previously it was Miss Marvel, Warbird, Binary, yeah, yeah, Carol, yeah. whatever you want to call it. But 
never caught Captain Marvel. That was the first time. And it, it was a big, wow, yes, a woman and all that. And I thought, uh, we had a woman that was Captain Marvel in the 80s. <laughs> you know? So what's all this? Oh, yes, yeah, a woman. Well, she was a woman. <clears throat> and she is a woman. So, so I'm always kind of annoyed about it because to me, Monica Roboy, wait a second. Hey. It just, always, it just always rung really cheesy with me having a, a Captain Marvel on the Marvel imprint. It was like somebody it was like somebody in the DC universe being Captain DC. I'd just be like, oh fuck fucking Christ. <coughs> it just always really annoyed me. I don't know why. You know, here comes here comes Hero Image from Image Comics. I'm like, shut up. Shut up. It just I know said, that. From a character that you know, it actually was created a long yeah. time before all of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's for Fawcett comics. Yeah, um, yeah. And then they, they just never, just never made any sense that they then changed it to Shazam and they got to keep Captain Marvel. Like, well, what? They had a legal, they had a legal problem with I know. that. I know. Which is yeah, it's it's ridiculous, but yeah. To me, when when Sazam was introduced in Spain, uh, the the company who who published the comics, the DC comics in Spain, they didn't call him Sazam. They called him Captain Marvel. Yeah, yep. In Spain, but uh... they had to change it later. But in the eighties, they at the time that they were doing. Uh, crisis of Infinite Air. They, they, they still call him Captain Marvel and the Captain Marvel family. Yeah, with Mary Marvel and you know Captain Marvel Junior and all of them. You know, it's kind of yeah. But uh, yeah, just annoying. I mean, Starlin had some great stories and there was great stuff sort of batting with Thanos and. Uh, Warlock and everything, you know, there's some great space age stories and cosmic stories with Captain Marvel, but it just it just never sat well with me at all. Captain Marvel from Marvel Comics, I'm like fucking Christ. <laughs> just, and yet people love it. People love it, and it just annoys. Look, look, look at Captain Marvel. I'm like, what? You must have really enjoyed watching Captain N. On uh, Saturday morning cartoons, where all the characters were Nintendo characters, Aye. Oh. including including the giant talking Game Boy. <laughs> it just, wow! It just it just that. it just screamed <laughs> like it just screamed of like the Bank of Scotland when they had uh, Super Squirrel. You know, super, I've got a Super Squirrel. <laughs> yeah, Super Save Squirrel. I'm like, fuck it. This is what this is like. You know, Captain Marvel is going to come and help you get through the Marvel Universe, just like Super Squirrel is going to help you super save at the Bank of Scotland. I'm like, shut He's up. He's certainly dead. I loved Super Squirrel. Actually, if anything, it just goes to show that Super Squirrel, super Squirrel was a more inventive and better uh, worded idea than fucking Captain Marvel from Marvel Comics. Fucking <laughs> Christ. Super Squirrel would beat Captain Marvel, hands yeah. down. doesn't yeah. matter what incarnation... Yeah, he would. <laughs> but, oddly enough, my first ever experience of Captain Marvel was that episode on the X-Men where you see that version of Rogue, her origins, 
her relationship with Mystique and how she got her powers. That's uh, the first time I ever saw Captain Marvel. So for me, Captain Marvel to begin with was uh, was a lady. It all sounds like we got a fair number. Aye. Mm-hmm. Aye. We probably we probably forgotten like dozens. <laughs> I know that. Haven't come to mind. <laughs> no doubt. Imagine if we all agree to have a sequel of this topic yeah, next we, week. We could do a sequel to this later and call it the most ridiculous incarnation or, or remake of a of a character. Yeah. What, what about remember. world's worst characters? That would be funny. We've got plenty of them. <laughs> plenty of them. Captain Marvel being top of the list. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's yeah. I think uh, we could have that. We could have, you know, our ranked worst characters. Everybody does like a top ten, from, and they are rank. From, yeah, from oh, so, you 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 probably have me on a, a a bottom three, and everyone else will have a top ten. No, if you rattle through them quick enough and don't go through an entirety <laughs> of a series, then you'd be fine. Oh, you you got to pick out their flaws. I would like. Do you know what? I would love to do that actually. Like a, a top ten, top ten worst characters. The you... all interesting characters have flaws. <laughs> That's what makes them interesting. Yeah, but you could just pick, you know, your ten that you don't like, <laughs> and then yeah, just say yeah. top ten well, worst. I was saying about Max. we can pick up his flaws, and I, I was just reinforcing his the point. <laughs> flaws. The writer. The artist. <laughs> <laughs> the executive who agreed yeah. to it. Yeah, that'll make us popular. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't that a Marvel boy? Yeah. <laughs> Marvel was, boy. Was it not yeah. during the World War? Was it when they were still Atlas? No, who was that uh, Quasar guy? Yeah, yeah, Marvel boy. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. That's was, right. Yeah. Was Quasar Marvel boy? He no, no Mar- Marvel boys. No, nor nor Norza or something like that. Nor Norazan, or oh, I'm gonna have to look this up. He, he ended up I'm not allowed to look up. He, he was the okay. was Tom's <laughs> favorite writer doing a a version of Captain Marvel, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy, uh, he, 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 he ended up in the he ended up in the Young Avengers. Yeah. Look, if it's well, after it was... 1990, I'm no interest. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's after so no var, no no var. There you go, no var, no var. Yeah, no var, not no var, no var, no with an r at the no. end of bar. So so no. also I think it was uh, it was Monica who went to the secret wars, wasn't it? Secret yeah, that's right. Wars. Yeah. That's right, yeah. No var. Oh my god. So you know, the rest of them could talk about uh, going to the Beyonders planet and all that. Remember Tony? And he'd be like, no, I never went there. And they'd all be like, you're a loser. <laughs> 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 and Rody would be like, yeah, that was me, I went. It was great. <laughs> Remember what all got killed and then all got resurrected in the next issue. That was great. Oh, that sounds familiar. <laughs> It sounds like every superhero there's ever been. You know, in the Secret Wars, when you know people were always getting killed and then resurrected, 
Well, not always, but it was coming in more and more. And then when they just yeah. did it with everybody in Secret Wars in 85, I think yeah. Doctor Doom killed everybody with a, <laughs> with a thought blast or something. And it was like, yeah. hey, that, that's everybody being killed now. And then they were all alive again. And I thought, oh, this, you know, the stakes can't get any higher ever again in these comics. Everyone like, has died. It's like Jim Shooter had the app, you know, got the app hand to everyone, all the writers. That's it. I'm yeah. going to kill all the Marvel characters, the main ones. Okay. Yeah. I'm just going to bring them back. That's it. Yeah. I'll do that. <laughs> I went, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I am the editor, so I do what I want. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Secret yeah. was that was that was mental that series. That was really good. I love it. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the, Even with the silliness and everything. I don't yeah. care. It's still to me it's a popcorn comic. I love it. It's just a total nonsense, but it's great. <laughs> right. I think we're all uh, starting to yawn and everything now. I can see it. Dave's holding mm-hmm. his head up. He's getting old, you know. He had enough when the headphones started to pack up. That was it. It was good seeing you guys, but fuck off. Boof. And I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read this story where Batman goes out with Catwoman on a date. Hey, I would just quickly like to, to recommend to everybody read this comic. Oh, look at that. I just, just quickly recommend. America. Just quickly rub these on your noses because I picked that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In this comic, <laughs> this, this is a team up of all the DC heroes. And it's got Flash, Green Lantern, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Superman, Batman. Martian Manhunter, check this out. Oh. It's a great new comic. It's out. Justice League America <laughs> versus Starro. Wow! And it's got a really nice little character in it. What was he called again? Snapper. Oh, I forget yeah. his Snapper surname. Car. Snapper, Snapper Car. Now I wasn't really Car. aware of Snapper Car, and he is a, a one of these teenagers. They're hanging out with with Snapper Car. And he talks in the young lingo. The young he lingo. Says, he says, I don't know. The young lingo. Here's an example. Flash says to him, everyone in Happy Harbor is in a trance except you. Why weren't you affected like the others? Snapper says, I don't know, Flash. Man, I'm bugged. <laughs> I'm really swinging casting orbs on you like this, Flash. Like I'm having a Happy mayor, you dig? Does he? Flash, I can't stay here and talk to you, young fellow. It's like, <laughs> I'm not sure I do dig you. I've got to get back to the starfish menace. Does he not? Does he not slinging a wee lol at the end of it or anything? No. <laughs> no, we're not. We're not up to that speed yet. We're not. not, we're not there yet. WTF? We're still in the, we're still in the, the 60s. Sounds Lol. This is the young happening people. Teddy boys. Uh, TLDR. Lol. And you know they're so impressed with uh, Snap uh, Snapper. Yeah, because he became the 
You know this. Snapper, in appreciation of your help, we have elected you an honorary member of the Justice League of America. Well, there you are. This is your signalling device. Wear it always. Well, yeah. Snapper, what do you say? Not a... Snap. <laughs> he goes like, ah, my fingers are saying it for me, Flash. <laughs> so, you know, oh, really, really, really great little fun comic. Yeah. I'd recommend that to you. If you've not heard of it before, ask... I'll have a look in the box to see if there's another one. You know, I like the way they draw um, John Johns in, in the older comics. He's he's not now, nowadays. He's a, like a muscle. He's like Lou Ferrino or something. Yeah. <laughs> and these, he's more like got the build of Charlton Heston or something like that. He's he's more. Yeah, more yeah, yeah. yeah awesome. and I like it. I like it. And here's a nice panel with Wonder Woman. Look, and um. Maybe you can't quite make it out, but yeah. it's just yellow and oranges colours. Mm, it's nice, and it, it's nicely done. Look for it. <laughs> I'll have a look. Yeah, I'll have a look at, at your, at your local newsstand <laughs> <laughs> on the spinner racks. <laughs> yeah, on the spinner racks. Your nearest John Menzies. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Bye, guys. It was good to speak to you and see you. Yeah. You too, guys. See you later. I had fun. See everyone later. Oh, bye. 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 Send us any comments or questions or just to say hello. You can reach us by email at thatcomicsmell at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at thatcomicsmell. Share the podcast with your friends and followers. We are on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube and most other places you find podcasts. And don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. Thanks for listening. Our music is by Chart Smasher and this track is Dial Up. You can find Chart Smasher on Twitter at Joan Edam. And you can buy the tracks on Bandcamp. Thank you.